welcome to Ego Netcast. I am Martin Lindeskog. Hi, Tamar. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What's on your mind? Well, everything's on my mind these days. Yeah? 2020, the year, the year, it's been a crazy year. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. But it's been, it's been, I would say, you know, I know a lot of people, it's been really difficult for them. And on my mind, it's like, the thing that's been on my mind is that it's been, been a year I get to learn who I am and the mm-hmm. year of discovery. Yeah. And I, I don't have regrets about this year, I have to say. Good to hear. And we'll talk uh, a bit more about that, I, I think. And uh, it's nice to have con- been connected again and through yeah. social media and LinkedIn. And uh, I saw a thread there and you asked about a thing and we've been in touch since then. And I will start out to doing a search on you because you are really on on the web, on the social web, as you wrote the book on that. So Correct. I, I got plenty of uh, results on your name, Tamar Weinberg. So it was yes. about 166,000, I think. And first it was 150. Your, I have to Google this now. 166,000. I don't I know how imagine. common your name is, but Tamar Weinberg, I, I think it's uh, pretty... Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe out there for me, it's 715,000. But if I go to any page beyond like page, like five, it's probably, there's not there. Let's go to page 10. Yeah. Oh, still me. (laughs) Okay. But it's still a lot. So, uh, but I will have some, some other uh, questions about that in in the future here. So your site, LinkedIn, Twitter, your books, and Techipedia, your old site and Amazon. And then, of course, the book there, Social Web, Marketing Land, Angel List, O'Reilly, HubSpot, or Medium. That's what I, from my side, get on, on the first page yeah. there on Google. Do you so have any comments on that? I, I don't. I don't. I'm looking. I'm, I do go to, like, page 14 or so. Yeah. And there's nobody. Well, there, there's one one entry that refers to me and a bunch of other ones. Uh, on the first, yeah, all those are accurate, though. The first page is all accurate. Sounds right. That's great. And and we'll soon start about what you said about what you what's on your mind and uh, how to find yourself, so to speak, and develop a new thing and be very open and transparent. And I, I like your comments and reflections, and especially on LinkedIn, because I have my thoughts on, about LinkedIn. I like it as a platform, but I have some issues with it also. So we'll probably come back on that, on how to build your own hub. When I searched yeah. on the, the privacy search engine, DuckDuckGo, I found similar results, but also some new. On Flickr, I had a, I still have an account there, but uh, after Yahoo took took it over, bought it, I haven't been so active. Um, yeah. And then... That was the same thing. I went, I was pro, but yeah. I, I let it lapse after a while. I just don't, I don't care. There's... Yeah, it doesn't I, matter. I liked it as an uh, old blogger. I liked how I could incorporate it and use the HTML code and with my pictures and other things like that for Instagram. But then they increased the price pretty hefty. And I, when you had several hundreds uh, of uh, pictures, then you had to decide what to do with it. So now I think I have some basic account there. So they, they delete old things. And then... You could have this, what do, what do you call it? Like similar to if this, then that, that you automatically uh, pushed on uh, Flickr and Instagram and others. But I think that stopped. So I don't really know oh, how, oh, interesting. how, how it's I working right now. This, yeah, I still use if the, this, then that yeah. uh, ever so for thing a few things. 
uh, I use it for my calendar yeah. um, and I port it to my email uh, and I do a task list integration. It's for me, it's a productivity stat yeah. thing. That's it. I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> Good. And then yeah. uh, I also found a, a result there on MarTech site and then YouTube was on DuckDuckGo. That's uh, what was interesting. It? Interesting how they use such random ones that I don't pop it. Like so, you know, DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is absolutely. It's funny. It started by a guy, also the last name Weinberg. No yeah. relation, but um, yeah. But the interesting thing about it is that, like, you know, the algorithm on Google seems to be prefer. I mean, yeah, I understand DuckDuckGo is a privacy-minded browser, mm. but it's not focused on like the stuff that you populate. I'm not populating Flickr. I'm not populating no. YouTube. Yep. It's really, it's interesting. So that's the thing. It's a bit odd, but sometimes it, you get these odd things that could be interesting by DuckDuckGo also. But of course, the main use is often Google. But depending on what kind of profile you have and what you're searching for, you should have that in, in mind. And as, as we said, with the privacy thing and what kind of search results you get. But when I try to search on your new venture, um, I had a hard time. So then you have to let the listeners know what you're up to here with with your perfume and the whole journey here because i yeah, didn't yes. i didn't know how to search on that so that how, made... how, how, exactly because the thing is that i have an, a decade that's over a decade what you're seeing is it is over 10 years of data points on me yeah and the search engine know to find that but when you start something new it's about it's it's about building those links and these days um nobody's doing that it's all social yeah. It's all social, so the, so the algorithm needs to start mind, being mindful of that. Uh, but my story is that you know I worked in a, those like we just talked about all those social media spaces. I've been the early adopter. I wrote a book on social media marketing. I wrote a book on adoption. Like you could see some of that stuff if you start googling. But uh, in 2019, I decided I was going to start a perfume brand. It's called Tamar Tamar.com, mm -hmm. and with the emphasis of mental health uh, and wellness. Because for me, I don't respond to the marketing message of perfume in general, that it's a seductive and a sexualized product. I was depressed and perfume saved my life. That's not something that um, most people, most brands can say. So this is new, it's disruptive, and it's being done. Like I decided in January 19 to do it. I did a soft launch in May, really didn't get build momentum until about July or so, and we're into well, now it's the first day of October, but I, you know, it, just to get the visibility of that in a freaking pandemic, it's it's hard. Yep. That said, you know, like I said, you know, I'm 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 so happy to be alive right now. Mm. You know, it's like this is this is a year for the history books, and I mean, it's been really hard. It hasn't been easy, but you know, it's about your attitude and making the best of it. And for me, it's about starting a business, starting a new leaf, you know, turning a new leaf and making things happen. I'm excited about that. Great. So you you comment on also that uh, because we have known each other through blogging and, and small business trends in other places and, and uh, also Twitter then. And you, you comment on Twitter there about the interaction. Could you have uh, any thoughts and ideas about that? Uh, because you have a big following there, but you wonder about uh, the interaction there. On yeah, I mean, you know, so for myself, being that I was depressed for as long as I was, because that's that perfume saved my life and brought me out of a depression. I, I didn't feel like I was comfortable talking on social media. 
I wasn't really compelled to tweet. I wasn't compelled to post on LinkedIn. I wasn't compelled to be an active member of a community. Hmm. And I'm coming back right now. I have 36.6 thousand followers on Twitter. Oh. It used to be 41.2, by the way, hmm. or 41.3 or four. I don't even know, a little over 41. When I left Mashable, people slowly started tapering off. So it's really interesting. I, I worked for Mashable uh, until 2013. So seven years later, and I lost like 700 subscribers. Well, how, whatever. How is Mashable doing right now? I remember the story about the guy. Was it a Scottish guy in his? Yeah, Pete Cashmore. I mean, yeah. good for him. He left. He left. Uh, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. I'm not really following the the brands. Really evolved in such a way yeah. that even when I try to build a rapport with some of my former colleagues, it's like a like it's it's impossible. Hmm. It's it's unfortunate, like you yeah, know. It's pity because I liked back in the day, as I said, the story and the success, and also that I learned lots of things from Mashable. I still see it, uh, Mashable, uh, on I think it's Snapchat. I think some some, oh, okay. some stories there, but it's lots. I, I'm an Apple fanboy. It's lots of that and others, but it's very short, uh, bit size uh, information. They made a demographic switch. So as far as me being t in touch with that, I'm not in that demographic. So yeah. there, there we go. <laughs> so so that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, going back then to your perfume story, you, you wrote about it on Medium and you also were there at uh, Chris Brogan's new uh, show. So... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So 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 going back to the, just the, this is struggle of coming back to social media after a really long time and trying to get uh build some visibility it's not easy to do like the follower count is not quality followers they're all quantity and i would say maybe like 0.001% of that is engaged with me yeah. so if i have 36.7 followers i have about 37 people hmm. who are actually might actually see my stuff and might actually want might actually want to engage in it that's crap <laughs> There's my feedback. So, and that's the same thing on LinkedIn. Yep. Like, you know, I posted about how I lost my uncle and I, I wrote something very personal yeah. and it wasn't until I complained to a friend of mine that nobody was commenting that he commented. And once he commented, it was like the floodgates because he's an influencer, uh -huh. but like just to get back in that yeah. after the fact, it's just really, the world is, it, 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 the algorithm is not rewarding to bring no. you back. But, don't you think uh, because that's when I after several years here will put up my last site so-called tparty.media I will talk about this thing because I think still you need a hub and a place your own website a blog a podcast uh, a newsletter but I agree with all things like that like LinkedIn I, I like it and so on but I see this as you said interaction and the thread it's hard to go back and find something and also, maybe that's not in, in America, but in Sweden, I've seen a, a pattern of how you tag people, like, you know, how do you say, give high fives and, and stars and likes, and then it's for a day or so, and then it's, I mean, gone in the stream, and it, it's hard to <laughs> find something. And, and as you said, people, as a former purchaser and a bit allergic to uh, uh, pushy salespeople, you get this cold call, like messaging uh, people want to con contact you and so on. You 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 did a post on that pretty publicly. Yeah. Could you tell about that? I thought that was pretty yeah, funny yeah. and serious in in the same time. At the same it's time. funny and serious. So LinkedIn, unfortunately, and I, I honestly, I mean, I raised this, I raised this in 20, 2009, maybe mm -hmm. two thousand eight, maybe. Yeah. 
or even 2007, LinkedIn has a terms of service agreement that says you're not supposed to like cold call and pitch people, but they don't enforce it. Yeah. So because of that, it's just an incessant, it's a cesspool of people pitching sales, 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 sales to everybody. Mm. Of course, there's relationships and it's all about relationships, but yep. most people's objectives are, can you connect to me? I want something from you. It's mm. not like, let me spend some time building a relationship with you. It's let me, let me send some time throwing my, thrusting my, like throwing myself at you and mm. showing you what I can do for you or ra rather what you can do for me. Forget what I can do for you. It's what you can do for me. Mm. I want you like, they want to use people. And I, I'm, I'm of the belief, and I've written about it in a book, my, you know, my book in social media marketing, that it's all about relationships. And I've been saying that, and that's also part of, like, besides the fact that I didn't feel like I could speak, why do I want to be on LinkedIn when LinkedIn is all about spam? And unfortunately, there is, like, I would say 30% of the network, maybe 40% of the network is, is people with that objective. So I've been sharing those, those stories. Uh, and recently, somebody connected with me, and he wanted to, like, sell some, I don't know what it was, like, like big corporate entities, uh, think tank for whatever it was. Yeah. And I responded to him saying, I'm a one person perfume brands. Yeah. How are you going to help me? And his response was mm. to block me on social. <laughs> so I, he blocked me completely. Wow. So I took a screenshot because I had the screenshot before because I sent it to a friend of mine privately. Mm. And I said, this is why I'm not on LinkedIn. This was the influencer that, I, that just engaged on my comment. Mm. And he, his response was, uh, yeah, like his response was like unacceptable. Like, it's just like, that's not the way you do. You just show me that you want to use me. Mm -hmm. So I, I did a name and a shame. I had the screenshot. I shared it. No details. I just said, build relationships. Mm -hmm. One person commented, he's like, you should have edited the guy's name out. And my comment to him was like, I'm not afraid of naming and shaming. First of all, the guy never is never going to find out that it's there because he blocked me. Mm -hmm. But I also, if you, if you Google the wall of shame, I am actually going to see, uh, shame. I know mine shows up. Okay. There are a few, um, let me see. Yeah. There's a bunch of, like, if you Google the wall of shame and Tamar Weinberg, mm -hmm. then you'll find it. Cause you know, like I don't, I don't, you know, that's, that's the algorithm. I'm not fostering that site, but I have a wall of shame. Mm. A Techopedia wall of shame where people have pitched me and I have very, very clearly on my page. This is what you need to pitch me for. Please don't send me blank, you know, blanket emails. People go to, into a form that says, is this spam? They mm. hit no and it's spam. So mm. I started calling them out and I named and shamed them. And people are like, you shouldn't do that. Mm. And frankly, I don't care. <laughs> let me, let me, let's what people, let's make, I'm going to make it very obvious. Mm. That's how I mean, John Jansch talked about it in his book, the referral, referral engine. It's no like and trust and then refer. So it's that process in so-called face-to-face, but also online, I think it should be. Yeah. So I've been wondering about this for, for some time. So it's interesting that you're doing these call-outs and, and, and put the, how do you say, in the, in the sand, the flag or... Uh, say that don't cross this line. So I think that's important because it's how we spend the time and the eyeballs and the time spent and where you could get some meaningful relationship and create something. So again, uh, what, what do you want to do with your um, new venture here, with the perfume business? Yeah, I mean, my perfume business for me is, um, I mean, I want to make it big. I want to help a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. And my objective is to reframe the way perfume is used. Wear it for yourself, mm-hmm. not for other people. Mm-hmm. So it's it's completely different and it's harder uh, because it is an education. People mm-hmm. like it, the product, they know it works. Some people are like, I have headaches. I'm like, have an open mind. You won't have a headache mm-hmm. because I used to have headaches too. And I used to think I'm never going to wear perfume. And all of a sudden perfume saved my life. And then I had an open mind and I realized if it can help me, I'm going to look beyond it. You know, I also, it's, it's got, you got to do, you got to find the right thing for yourself. I, my, my plan is to, to, if you, if you take, put on perfume with the right mindset, you revisit that mindset throughout the day, it is a game changer. It completely changes everything. And for me, that's what it did. So I want to launch a brand with a focus, like that starts, that starts with the story and then that goes far beyond that. And the product as such, could you tell a bit, is it created individual or unique for every customer or how is it working? So, no, uh, there are brands that do that, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. I basically, you know, perfume in general, there's, in my opinion, and this is after having sampled like thousands of perfumes now, mm-hmm. ever since I got into this. I, I I say that perfume in general is there, there's like two types of perfumes. Mm. One's main, very mainstream, mm. and the second not so mainstream. So the not so mainstream ones usually they they say scent is very nostalgic. That when you smell something, it links to your memory. So the mainstream stuff for me, when I try something, I'm like it smells like the mall. Like it smells like stuff you've already tried. But if you're trying something that has like that's new, that's not mainstream, you don't have any memories to upon which to build a foundation. So for me, these are new two two completely different fragrance line. Two, two, right now, I launched two different fragrances that ideally you're going to start your own new memories because of that that apparent correlation. Whether or not that's completely true for me, uh, I, I kind of argue. But you could create that. And that's 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 where things, in my opinion, are are, are different. Okay. And uh, are these perfumes are they both female uh, men or unisex or? Yes, they are unisex. Work? Yeah, because I mean personally, I I liked several. I mean, brands back in the day, like um, British style, like uh, Burberry and others. And um, but for many years, I haven't had so much. I mean, of course, in different and. Other things, but after shave, I used uh, one that's very good for skin and so on. But some of the perfumes and um, after shaves are, I mean, not so good in a way. It it could be hard for people who are allergic or or sensitive to smell, and it could also be on your skin. So how how have you thought about this? I mean, that's that's the challenge. The biggest mm. challenge is like you need to be. Mi- I definitely want to be mindful of that, but I also like to say that a lot of it is it is about your it's about how you perceive it so i i read i read i read this book um i'm a big fan of this individual her name is rachel hertz she's mm-hmm. uh an educator um in the sense world she wrote a book called the scent of desire and she talks about how a lot of like people have aversions to sense specific avert not just aversions but like they become sick from sense and it's really it's like sort of a domino effect that ne- doesn't necessarily have roots in a specific it like usually uh has roots in one specific scent but then it becomes like it it becomes so psychologically tying like that that all of a sudden like you're averse to all the scents so mm-hmm. w- w- 
where am I going with this? In terms of my perfume, I, I definitely want to be mindful, like, you know, that we're creating something that doesn't have any association that could potentially do that. Of course, if something happens at the, in the, later on, like I said, you know, you're averse to something because of something that bad that happened. <laughs> like, I can't change that. But when it comes to this in general, I, I, you know, my belief is that you you shouldn't wear too much to overpower anybody else and do it for yourself. So I don't want to, when I put on perfume, I put on such a small amount that mm. I feel it, I smell it when I put my wrists to my face. Yep. And that's what I like to do throughout the day. That being said, people might smell it. I just don't want to overdo it. And that's, my, yeah. it's, it's all about reframing the product mm. and reframing how you use the product. That's a bit interesting. We could take, we could take an example for example, cedar tree that you have uh, for lighting up a cigar, for example, uh, or or something like that, uh, that you could have some sensory and uh, you like that smell and that context. So that's interesting to hear about. And then my interest in tea, for example, I, I, I like to test tea in different ways. And then wine, often it, it is the smell and the sense is there that you feel, but you think it's it's when you drink it, but often it it's the smell. But it it's a training thing also. So it's interesting to hear your thoughts about that, and also how you connect it to for yourself and some kind of uh, memory and some sensation, some positive thing. So could we dig if you want uh, a bit deeper in into that? What was this making you to to create this? Because you said you had going through tough times and depression, and then you you smelled something and, and got this uh, aha moment. Could you tell a bit yeah. more about that? Yeah, I mean, so I was depressed. I hit a rock bottom, and when I tried on perfume one day, it like all of a sudden I realized we have five senses, and our sense of smell is pretty dormant. We don't we take it for granted. If I mm. asked you, what did you taste? What did you eat yesterday? What did you watch yesterday? What did you listen to yesterday? What did you wear yesterday? You'll be able to answer that. We, mm. But if I ask you, what did you smell yesterday you might look at me like i have three heads yeah the uh, the fact the fact is that our sense of smell is perhaps one of the most powerful things that we have on our bodies and yet we don't really like if you ask me if you if you ask somebody if you ask the, the average person if you had to get rid of one of your five senses what would you get rid of a lot of people would say smell mm. and i think for me i can't answer that question anymore because it helped me it changed me it made me want to live so where I want to go with that, I, I said, you know, this is, um, I, I decided I want to get startup brands with this message. It's, it's really about, not necessarily about creating my own brand. It's about seeing an existing brand, like seeing something that you have in your life and just start doing it. But um, as somebody who's an entrepreneur who wants to kind of bring, I don't want to just be some marketer for, uh, you know, for all perfumes out there. Let me start with mine and see, hopefully I'll be able to empower every other, every other brand out there to see their product that way. It's funny. I won't say, I'm not going to name the company, but there's mm. a, there is a, a product that does completely natural deodorant. They have many scented deodorant out. They have many scented deodorant, uh, bar like products out there. And when I was so into scent, I actually bought 12 or 13 of the products. I think it was 12. And every single day when I put on the deodorant, I take a whiff and I smell it before I start because they like some of them really smell good. And some of them I realize I would never buy again. But like, you know, I, I still like them. They're not like I wouldn't wear them. It's just not my style. But it's funny because the, 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 the deodorant brand 
would never think of marketing their products in this way. But this is like, it literally can reframe the entire narrative about wellness and feeling good if we started to really breathe in our scent and appreciate it. And so like when I say it's about my products, I, I, I'm not going to go out to that, that, to that guy. He might look at me like, again, like I have two, three heads. So I'm going to start my own thing with the mes- messaging and the mes- mission and hopefully other brands will hear and follow suit. I have like, you, you know, we talk about like all those websites that I'm on. Why am I on all those websites? Because I was an early adopter in the social media space in 2005, 2006, before social media was even a thing. I wrote a book in 2008 on social media. It was published in 2009. But the point is that I, I see things a lot when there's a lot of potential and I'm early. I saw AOL as like before it was AOL. I wish I knew to invest. I was 12 years old at the time. But, you know, those are, those are things that I, I believe that I have an early edge on. And my objective here is to start something that this is early adopter. I, you know, I have people who still come up, up to me and say, this is impossible. You're not going to be able to do anything. And it's funny because the person who told me that is my cousin who mm-hmm. works in the social media space with me. But like, you know, she was, she always like, was impressed by how real I am. And yeah, I'm being real. I'm doing something that I know that today is nobody is, it's not going to be super well received because it's like, oh, it's a nice, nice, you know, it's nice uh, unicorns and and fairies. And it's like, you know, it sounds like very, very fantasy, like, but I'm telling you that this is going to happen. I don't have doubts. I know that this is literally going to be a thing. And I will say, but I can't tell either, <laughs> but regarding the senses and so on, that I'm involved in anything that has to do with that for a, for a client. And uh, But uh, when it's published and, and launched, we could talk more about that. So it's, it's fascinating when you talk about this in yeah. this way. Uh, so it's, it, and, and my thing as a social media evangelist that people have called me, that I inspired individuals to start with this new media. But I also struggled in with this and say that you should be yourself. And but first you have to understand yourself and do introspection. And in my tea interest, that because you could of course train your senses. Sometimes of course you have your body could be in different ways and different uh, levels. Like you have a sensitive uh, mouth, for example, so you could be a good. Uh, wine taster but you could also acquire the taste and learn how to the trick and skills so in in perfume is it like a similar aroma wheel or something like that that you have in wine tea uh, coffee and other things or or how did you develop um, your your product there could you tell i i hired that? Or is it a secret sauce no, it's not a secret sauce. Um, I hired a guy. I told him I wanted to do this. I had tried on a bunch, like I said, I tried on thousands of perfumes. And he and, and I said, here's the couple things that I want to do. And he's like, okay, let me let me whip my let me put my potions together and let me make it happen. That's how that's how I had it. That's how the perfumes came about. So I have two two scents right now, mm-hmm. and I launched those two because I didn't want to just have one. I didn't want to like I wanted to give people a choice, but not too many. And I'm hoping that I'll have like you know twenty thirty. You know, I have a lot more. Yeah. So, uh, could you have a guess which one should I pick? Uh, I mean, I need to know a little more about what you like. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's why I was going. Is it any survey or do you do any no, no, questionnaire when you go to your site? Or so or how do I mean, there's nothing. Out, there's, no, there's no quiz right now. It's just a no. story. I, I think I will have that in time because people had said 
that getting that is is important. But there's only two, so I mean, it's really hard to uh, do that right now. Yeah. So, um, but you said it was unisex. So it's one is not more feminine, or one is more masculine, or something like so, that. It's. I mean, yeah. The answer to that is a yes, but it depends mm-hmm. on who you are. So I will say yeah. that there is one. There there are things that I would have believed to be more feminine that. Yeah have told me or felt more masculine to them so it is completely subjective at the end of the day perfume in the in the seven in the 60s and 70s was unisex and all of yeah. a sudden marketing started shifting the perspective yeah. of perfume so mm. i don't want to create i don't want to i don't want to define that if i define that all of a sudden you're going into a uh yeah. territory that it just um, kind of like it's, it's hard i completely agree with you when i first yeah, started I'm pulling your leg a bit that's why i'm uh, asking yeah. about this because for example, I used deodorant that was I bought it so-called that are for women or females because you saw the shape of it. It was a different handle or something like that, or or a shape of the product. But I liked the smell because it was not so overbearing that some of the for for the men could be it very musky or it could be yeah. So so that's the thing, and then you get trapped in these different categories. So it, it's interesting how you framed it in a, in a new way. As a, as a former purchaser and also interesting in, in production and manufacturing, um, could you tell a little bit about that? You said you had somebody who got this inquiry from you and, and um, tried to get, get this product and developed. Could you tell how, how you're making the products or and, and uh, how you could get hold of them? He's doing that. I yeah. contract him out. I contact his research out. He does it for me. We iterate. He sends me product. He lives in California, so I'm in New York. He sends me product across the country. Um, I say, I like this. I want a little less of this. I want whatever. And we've made some changes. And, you know, I don't own the formula. That's sort of like, that's that's an industry thing right now. It's a standard thing. He, I could buy it in the future, should I want to. But I don't know if I need to right now. Because I'm not a, like, I'm a, just, you know, I, he creates it for me. So whenever I need it, I'm buy the material from him and he creates it and the rest of the product i you know i have to like this is not an easy thing they have one guy creating a formula you basically have to buy boxes from a different place you have to buy bottles and caps and everything from a different place and i'm using caps from one place and bottles from a different place Mm -hmm. so like it's an aggregate of a lot of different resources that i would have otherwise been able to use with one factory potentially in china but thanks to the Mm -hmm. pandemic i had to diversify and get creative and i'm probably spending a lot more per product than i would have normally if not for the fact of of COVID-19 but I don't have regrets because mm-hmm. now I'm getting higher quality stuff at I think yeah. for a little more uh, I still have to figure out if I'm going to break even for the beginning but you know I'm, I'm happy I'm happy where we are right now because I mm-hmm. you know I had a crowdfunding campaign and it was successful and I'm learning things as I go along and hopefully I'll be able to keep um you know communicating this value proposition and have people reframe the way they see things mm-hmm. and Hopefully my product will be the stepping stone for that and, and, and I'll be big and all the things. I mean, my, bro- my product is, is only starting with uh, perfume, but I want it to be a content. I want it to be a story. And mm. I'm looking forward to um, seeing about, uh, you know, how that's going to happen. And I'm, I'm excited. Great. Great to hear. Do you want to tell anything more about this new venture or something else about social media or something else on your mind? I mean, in terms of like, you know, my thoughts here, you know, I guess I share, I get very vulnerable and very personal on, mm-hmm. for example, on Instagram. If you want to read about that, my, my handle is Tamar at Tamar Essences. 
Yeah. Uh, and I do the same thing on, on LinkedIn a little bit, but like I said, you know, those are mediums that nobody really responds to you. It's like, yeah. it's, it's hard to get real. And, and a lot of people are all about professional, professional, professional. They don't want to be personal, but now yeah. we're blurring those lines. We live at home. We're freaking yeah. working at home. Start blurring the lines. And yeah, like, that's my I, thing. It, it's I, the human. Watch, yeah. Uh, continue. Yeah. No, I was just saying there's the human, human movement. We all have that going on right now. And we need to start real, realizing that, you know, as humans, professionals, like we wouldn't be professional if not for the fact that we're human. So let's like, let's like give our, cut ourselves some, some slack here. Yeah. Yeah. Be before I uh, did this here together with you, I, I watched a webinar with a successful new company, but have long, long experience in relationship marketing and direct sales and so on. And they said, whoop, whoop several times and, and celebrated and had fun, but they were professional and personal at the same time and bis making good business. And then I, I joined uh, Chris, Chris Brogan and his um, partner and co-host or his new show. And they had, uh, what's his name now? Old um, Tusher or what's, how do you pronounce it? Harry? Kid. No, uh, no, not Gary Weinstein. Um, Altucher, or I should know the name, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, I will include that in general. And he said that he had been living or, or wearing pajamas for a couple of months now, testing oh, out how could you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I've been wearing pajamas for the last, you know, I've been working remotely for the last thirteen years, so I've been wearing pajamas yeah. ever since. But like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm wearing real clothes today. If you were actually doing video, and you would see that. Yeah, but we are doing audio, so that's all good. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, and I was a, a blogger on, of this Pijama Media, what it was called back in the day. Yeah, so it was called PD Media, and you know, it was uh, the old uh, mainstream media from the grey old lady that said that. These so-called bloggers, they are in their basement and no fact-checking. You can't take them seriously. But that was a long time ago. So, so it have, have changed. So it, yeah. it's interesting to see this. And now also, you know, the old media, when they can't do regular news broadcasting and so on, they have to be creative and, and find things. So it's interesting to see how new media could take a stronghold and we could develop it. But as I said, both be professional and personal at the same time. So I think that's a good good advice. Yeah. So, so who who would you like to listen to on um, a future show on the EgoNetcast? Oh, I don't know. That's is that a standard question? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. No, uh, yeah. You you could say you could pass, or you could think about it, or you could. I have to yeah. think about it. There's a lot of people yeah. I want to hear from, but. To sit down and hear is always challenging. I think maybe yeah. one of the people I want to hear from, his name is Sean Puri, and he's the host of the My First Million podcast for The Hustle, the in, the, the newsletter. And I mean, I'm a big fan of that. And he, I mean, you know, you learn about his story a little bit, but like, yeah. you know, his focus is on other people. So we have to start talking about him. Mm. We don't hear it that often. It's great. And, uh, as I said, it was a bit challenged to uh, do the search results uh, on you. But as I said, you have the track record and now you're doing a new chapter here and I'm following it long. Uh, could you tell the listeners where uh, they could find you? Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned before, Instagram, uh, at Tamar Essences, T-A-M-A-R Essences uh, is a good 
place to kind of learn my vulnerability. LinkedIn, you can follow, you can add me. If you mm-hmm. add me on LinkedIn, just introduce yourself and tell me that you found me here. Because yeah. if you introduce yourself and say, I serve businesses that do this and this and this, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so once I accept, you're going to pitch me. So I don't even accept those anymore. Yep. It's actually yep. safer if you Good don't you. pitch me at all. There, th- so there's that. Twitter, you could follow me at Tamar. That's my personal brand. Uh, Instagram, yeah. I also use it, but I, there's, there's just not enough characters. Uh, sorry, uh, Twitter is Tamar Essences, but there's just not enough characters to use my brand there as the same way. Um, and my website for really kind of following, bur- buying the perfume and maybe reading more about it and it's following my podcast because I have one as well there is Tamar.com. Mm-hmm. T-A-M-A-R. That's great. And talking about, you said about Twitter, I've been struggling with that with, with this Twitter follow limit, reaching them. Oh, so you have this. You have, I have 5,000. You, you need to follow, they need to follow you back. That's yeah. the challenge. You need to find enough people that will follow you back. Yeah. And that's that's the challenge. And uh, but Twitter, they they are very staunch in, on this rule. Yeah, I indeed want, they I are. Why it, because I'm not a spammer, and I, I'm a person. No, in, you're not a spammer, but it's like it's all about it's like you could always have this. You could be skewed the other direction. You can have lots of followers, but when you follow people, unless you're yeah. engaging with them and having them follow you back, it's hard. It's hard, and honestly. Number number means nothing. I wouldn't. No, have, I know. You don't even care about the people that you're like. I don't even like. Even of like the four hundred people I'm following, mm-hmm. I really should unfollow like three hundred of them because like yeah, I'm not yeah. so interested in that kind of content anymore. Yeah, and that's interesting to hear about how you have uh, developed. I think it was an interesting conversation here. And at the end, I have to ask you if you drink tea. Oh, I don't drink too much tea. No, I like iced tea. Yeah. Arizona is the brand in the United States that I like a lot. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Arizona is great brand. Yeah. So, what what kind of uh, beverage do you drink? Water. I'm a water. Mm-hmm. Per- I don't do sugar if I can avoid mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, I try to live healthily now. Now that I am beyond beyond those that's that status in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to ask this because I have a, a podcast in Swedish on tea and how to be productive, and a, and a new one we in can- English on tea. Oh, well, I mean, like, yeah, I think we talked about that. You told me about that. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I have, the, I, it's, it's, it's usually a guilty pleasure when I'm pregnant, but I'm not getting mm. pregnant. I had, I have four kids enough. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's good. So do you have anything uh, at the end here you want to say before we wrap up? No, I think, I mean, I appreciate the time. I really, it's been fun to connect and, uh, yeah, I mean, not sure if if anyone wants to connect, I'm happy to help in any way. Yeah, I know that, and you are doing great work in in different ways, and so it, it I will include some in the show notes here, and if you have anything that you add, so please do that. And uh, thanks again uh, for your time, Tamar. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, cheers. All right, thanks. Mm-hmm.